Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Podcast Series. I'm Alison Hill, QIC's State Chief Investment Officer, and each fortnight we invite our listeners to take 10 and get an update on economics, markets, and other topics of interest uh, for institutional investors. And each podcast I'm joined by Dr. Matthew Peter, QIC's Chief Economist. So good morning and welcome, Matthew. Good morning, Alison. Thanks for joining me again. Interested to talk a little bit about inflation this week. Market participants seem convinced that inflation is going to be controlled by the central banks, which to me seems like a bit of a quandary. You know, we've still got inflation going up in Australia for a variety of reasons. Perhaps it's peaked in the US. But the fact that it's going to come down to such a a modest level of, you know, under 3%, I think the market expectations are in the US within three years, seems to me to be a little bit uh, potentially optimistic given a really strong labour market, quite a resilient consumer um, which you certainly have been strongly um, noting in, in prior podcasts. But I think your expectations are that that is actually the path of inflation looking forward. And be interested if you could um, chat on that, please. The first point I'd make is that, and this is a um, pretty much a global phenomenon. If I look at Europe, if I look at North America, the US, and I look at Australia, there's common factors that are driving inflation globally. The first point I'd make, though, that inflation, we've, we've got to be prepared for fairly sticky inflation for some time to come. So the prices, inflation is falling. At, it's not until we get well into 2023 that we see prices substantially falling, or inflation, I should say, substantially falling. So there is a lengthy period of elevated inflation. The stickiness is uh, coming from energy and food costs. They're likely to stay high, as I said, um, for probably a year or so now. But after that, it comes down quite quickly. Why? Firstly, let's look at energy costs. We know already petrol prices are down. You know, you go to the Bowser. Allison used to pay not so long ago over $2 a litre. That's down to around about $1.70 now as oil prices have dropped from $120 a barrel down to their sort of floating around $90 a barrel at the moment. And those oil prices have found it very hard to break through around about $95. If we look at the forward pricing for oil, it's down at about $83 by the end of 2023. So, you know, we can expect there to be an ongoing reduction in oil prices. Now, electricity and gas prices are elevated because of, uh, you know, particularly what we're seeing in in uh, gas markets uh, in Europe, but also in, in the US and, and to some extent in Australia. But once we get through the Northern Hemisphere uh, winter, unless there's another rupture to the gas market, we should see gas prices uh, and electricity prices also starting to fade. And finally, core inflation, those sort of the broader mix of of goods and services that we buy, we also expect that to slow um, in terms of growth rates. You know, they're currently, core inflation is currently running, say, in the US at around about 5%. That should slowly fade as well, partly because the higher interest rates that we're seeing, that the um, higher the higher current inflation, which is eating away at disposable incomes and uh, affecting growth more generally, that slower growth is going to um, result in economies performing below at below trend. Uh, that should see demand fade. It should see unemployment rates rise, for example. Wage growth start to fade. And that should put downward pressure on uh, on core prices gradually over 2023 as well. 
would certainly hope that we will see that downward trajectory in inflation. Certainly, you know, from my perspective, filling up the bowels still seems pretty expensive to me, let alone doing a shop for just the stuff for the kids for school lunches. But, you know, look, hopefully that's the case. And I think you've raised some interesting points in that, you know, employment is still very strong, you know, in the US and here in Australia, um, the consumer is surprisingly robust. And you have yeah. made the point before, Matthew, about the you know, that the consumer has a bit of excess cash saved up from the COVID period. But uh, hopefully we can, you know, continue with the strength of those levers to keep the economy going on a you know, reasonably steady keel and not hit that hard landing that we've talked about before. But I think that is a fine balance. Oh, yeah, it's a fine balance. And we really, you know, the market is, as you pointed out, pricing for a, a softish landing, not a, a deep recession. But, you know, it also relies on, are seen eventually a moderation in inflation, some moderation in inflation coming from a weaker demand as well, but not too weak a demand. And we, we do have to see a, another growth driver emerging in 2023, other than the consumer, if we're going to continue with, um, you know, a soft landing. You're listening to Alison Hill and QIST's Take 10 podcast, where I'm talking to Chief Economist Dr Matthew Peter, where this week we're discussing inflation. On our last podcast, Matthew, we talked about the fact that good news was being perceived as good news and bad news was being perceived as good news as well by the markets. But over the week, we had the Jackson Hole Summit and and quite an important speech made by Jerome Powell, the chair of the Federal Reserve in the US. And it was a short speech, um, but it was quite pointed. Uh, And in that speech, he did seem to rattle markets a bit by making it quite clear that he felt that inflation would take some time to come under control and I think that comes back to your point is what is time? From my perspective, you know, 2023, uh, given we're in the second half of 2022 already, is, isn't that far away. Uh, but he also said there will be some pain to be borne by households. And I think it was that sentence that, you know, it was really that inflation is the central point that they focus on. And if they don't get inflation under control, that is actually the bigger pain that for the economy rather than um, the shorter term pain to be borne by households from this from this period. So look, it did seem to really rattle markets, um, and we have seen you know equities fall a little bit since then. But I think looking at your modelling and your data, you would agree that potentially that equity markets might be a little overvalued. Oh, I agree with you that even with our central case of, say, the, the so-called soft landing, which is an extended period, actually, of, of low-trend growth. I mean, we and other commentators, for example, in the US, are forecasting the US economy to grow sub-trend from here right through to the end of 2023. So it's not a, a strong economic outlook at all, but it's, you know, it's avoiding, you know, a deeper recession. But even within that context, Alison, which means that we don't see you know sharp rises in interest rates from here there's still scope downward scope for um, or downward pressure on on equity markets coming particularly from um, you know earnings disappointments we've still got very high levels of margins which we don't think are sustainable at the current levels and if we get a couple of um, earnings disappointments we can see downside from here at least 10 percent downside from here Alison I think in, in line with your views too and it was quite prescient the uh, comment you made two coupons back about bad news is good news good news is bad news that sort of seemed to be playing out and your point about Powell's speech I think is really important because what he was signaling there is that I, well what I read is that he is prepared to drive that economy into recession in order to get inflation down. So if we don't get the inflation 
you know, reduction that we're forecasting, other commentators are forecasting that the market's expecting. Don't expect the Fed to ease back. If those inflation numbers don't start to moderate, then you can expect higher interest rates and that would be a catalyst for pushing the economy into recession. Your sort of view more weighted to that, I know, Alison, um, and a a deeper sell-off in equity markets. Well, I think that's right. And look, I think our views are sort of close, but but I'm probably a little bit more concerned that we may fall into a recession, not necessarily a deep recession, but a recession just on looking at the perspective that, you know, with the consumer still being strong, retail sales are staying up remarkably, you know, strongly and really, um, and employment is is fantastic, which in one hand is obviously a very good news story. But if you're the central bank, the answer is well, we need to probably go a little bit harder and a little bit faster on cash paths such that we can slow the economy down to get inflation under control. And, you know, Powell made it very clear that inflation is the first and the second and the third goal of the Fed at this point of time. Uh, paraphrasing, obviously, entirely there. But <laughs> uh, right. none, nonetheless, I think it is a challenging environment. Do you think that the bond markets have recognised that, Matthew? Yeah, well, the, the bond markets didn't move that much um, after Powell's speech. It was mainly all equity market movement. I mean, the short end uh, sold off a little bit in uh, short end of the curve, sold off a little bit. Interest rates rose a little bit at the two-year level, but not dramatically so. So it looks to me that really bond markets are really have already convinced themselves they're priced in most of the uh, the tightening that they expect Powell and the Fed to uh, to achieve. So that was mm. an interesting outcome of uh, market movements post uh, Jackson Hole? I think so, although even in the last couple of days, we have seen a little bit more movement. And I think, again, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, as even though we have seen, you know, equity markets uh, come off in the last few days, you know, they have retraced before that, they retraced, you know, close to half of the losses made earlier this year. So, you know, it, it is an interesting environment and we'll continue to watch that data. And I, the uh, mm. September inflation release in the US, I think, will be particularly important for markets and expectations. Matthew, thank you very much for joining me today. And thanks to our listeners as well for taking 10 with us, uh, Dr. Matthew Peter, our Chief Economist, and myself, uh, Alison Hill, uh, Chief Investment Officer at QIC. Thanks again.